The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Collaboration, disruptive technology, and entrepreneurship. That is our theme for this show. We're living in an age of disruption, lies, challenge, economic revolution, fear, alternative facts. How do we uh, navigate our way through? Uh, Along with our great guest today, Jim Gibson, we're going to explore collaboration, disruptive technology, and entrepreneurship. I'll introduce Jim more fully in uh, after the first break. But as a quick introduction, Jim Gibson provides C-level, that's executive level consulting services to emerging companies, established enterprises, and works within the Alberta innovation ecosystem. Uh, Jim's in Calgary today and, and I'm in Cranbrook, British Columbia. We are now in an age of increasing complexity, challenge, opportunity, risk, and separation. We like to quote Albert Einstein, and and here's a quote that you may not have heard. That's tongue-in-cheek, because I'm sure you've heard this. But it applies to today's collaboration, disruptive technology, and entrepreneurship theme. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. No, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them, created them. Albert Einstein. It's much quoted, and it's so true, even more today than ever. Think of the rapid change in business. The world's largest taxi company has no cars. Do you know what it is? Uber. The world's largest taxi company has no cars. The world's largest hotel room company has no rooms. Isn't that strange? Do you know who that is? The world's largest hotel company provides rooms around the planet, has no rooms, and that's Airbnb. Think about this podcast as a disruptive technology. Five years ago, ten years ago, we would have never believed this is possible. I have no broadcasting license. I have no $10 million equipment. I have no high-priced marketing. I have no team of professionals other than the very few of us creating these podcasts for you. Since 2015, we, you, 
and thousands of people around the planet in, I believe, 32 companies, countries, pardon me, 32 countries across the planet participate and by listening and sharing Breakthrough DS with collaboration. You believe that? The analytics say 32 countries in 2016 I had just short of 14,000 listeners. And what do I have? Internet, professional microphone and headset, laptop, and connections. That's all. Think of where we're going. What's the speed of business? Is it accelerating? I think so. What's the speed of technological change? What's the speed of change in everything we're doing? It's accelerating. It's wonderful. And that creates possibilities that we don't even know exist. Now, some of you have read my book, Breakthrough DS, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration. A friend of mine read it a year ago. Kathy is studying at Oxford. She's studying leadership at Oxford. She read my book and reported to her class and to me, Dave is a disruptive technology. He's challenging us to change the way we collaborate, the way we work together. I like that. Thanks, Kathy. And thank you for all those thousands that have listened, all of those thousands that have purchased and read the book. Thank you, especially my biggest purchaser of Breakthrough DS is in China. That's pretty cool. I would have never dreamed that when I dreamed the book four years ago that my biggest listenership on this podcast would be Sweden. My biggest readership for my book would be China. This is pretty cool. And I'm broadcasting from my home in the Kootenai Rockies of British Columbia, Canada. So let's talk about disruptive technology and what it takes in entrepreneurship. I'm a serial entrepreneur throughout my 41-year career in oil and gas, renewable energy, healthcare, tourism, mostly getting the right people in the right place with the right tools at the right time to figure things out for themselves, to innovate for themselves, to resolve their own conflict. So here's a brief quote from Breakthrough DS that I think applies to our theme today. A highly functioning team is one where constructive criticism Pushbacks, challenges, and diverse opinions are highly valued, encouraged, and used to build better outcomes. A high-functioning team rarely says, yes, sir, with conflict avoiders. A key role for me as I work with organizations is to incite insurgency. Yeah, I've been told that uh, by some of my organizational negotiation and leadership mastery circles. Dave, you incite insurgency. You bet I do. I want us to be our best. I don't want us to be comfortable. I work to re-energize participants to challenge themselves, their teams, and their organizations in ways not often seen. I do poke and prod to get the team to respond. Progress is made as team members move from comfort to deep review, mindfulness, and then to challenge, to reflection, to new insights, and then better, more sustainable deals and strategies. In 2008, 
Yeah, 2008. This is the time where Eric Ariel Fox, Dave Gould, Emily Gould, and I were running the Global Negotiation Institute. And we were really focusing on helping people around the world negotiate better, negotiate from their values, from their center. In 2008, I also met Bill Urie. Now, Bill Urie was at the Association for Conflict Resolution Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. As a co-author with Roger Fisher of Getting to Yes and Getting Past No, Yuri is widely recognized as the world's thought leader for negotiation and has been doing so for about 40 years plus. As Bill explained to us, he realized that great success in his family at Harvard University as a negotiator and on behalf of the United States and as a businessman came largely from saying no. In the power of a positive no, He writes, you are asserting your value. It could be your value as a human being in a commercial context of your product or service or brand. It could be your ethical and moral values. Ultimately, you are saying yes to what truly matters. By saying no, you're saying yes to what truly matters. You are setting a clear limit, drawing a clear line and creating a firm boundary. Say no more often if you care about the relationship. Counterpropose with something that also benefits you. Say no to normal. Break through to your yes. Disrupt the patterns, norms, and confines of the old paradigms. This week in Cranbrook at Mount Baker High School, I've been working with other Rotarians leading conversations on values and ethics. What do you say no to? What do you say yes to? And how can that shape your leadership and your future, your entrepreneurship, your leadership. Where do you want to disrupt and change? So let's talk for a little bit about the paradigms of business and leadership. One, is your world perfect just the way it is? Two, what is increasingly threatening your world? If you want to Tweet me at, at David B. Savage or email me, david at davidbsavage.com. I'll send you all of these questions. Be happy to. And I've got an invitation for you at the end of this show as well to be on this show and break through to your yes. So is your world perfect just the way it is? What is increasingly threatening, threatening your world? How innovative is your organization? How agile is your team? How agile is your team? Are you doing it by rote? Are they actually aware and present and able to read and react? What will your world be in five years? Not what you're planning. What will the world be? Looking at the speed of change of business, of technology, of life. Where are we going? How can you lead there? What are your possibilities? Most importantly, what are you doing now to create that? And most importantly, along with my whole focus on collaboration, who will you collaborate with? Yeah. Are you working together towards your ideal future? Or are you just, you know, hauling the coal for somebody else's old future dream.
hauling the coal or creating new energy, your own sustainable renewable energy. So again, in Breakthrough to Yes, I talk about and compare and contrast the paradigms of business. As we shift from command and control to collaborative leadership, let's also change the standards that we operate under. Where do you fit today? Where do you want to fit tomorrow? So the old paradigm in business, and many businesses are still stuck here, quarterly reports, short-term economics on capital projects, you know, what's the fastest rate of return, uh, highest rate of return and fastest payout. Incentives paid one year on one year performance, getting projects built as planned on time and on budget. Corporate cultures that see people and resources only as inputs. Yeah, only as inputs. Us versus them attitudes. And I don't have time to mindset. I'll get around to what's important. I've got to do what's easy or expected. Or we're not responsible for blaming, shaming, offloading. That's not my department. So the new paradigm is more like seeing bigger opportunities and challenges. This is some of the work that Jim Gibson and I are going to talk about after the next break. Look at the bigger opportunities and challenges. Recognize the impact on our environment, our communities, and our economies long term. Yeah, if you can't focus on sustainability, if you are unable to create shared value, you're going to have a tough go today and in the future. We can no longer see ourselves as separate. You know, capture the opportunity in how you do business every day. The one, the leaders and corporations that do that will outperform those that don't. Those that don't will continue to see their communities, environment, and long-term economic health challenged. So what's your paradigm? Why does your future matter? What are the qualities of a collaborative leader? Yeah, what are the values of a, and ethics of a collaborative leader? What would a leader do? What do you choose? Lots of questions for you. Write these down, email me, tweet me. I'll send you these questions. These can be questions to meditate and be mindful of. Ask yourself sometime each day, maybe as you wake up. What is your ethical code as a collaborative leader? Honesty, connection, integrity, excellence, future vision, diversity, inclusion. What behavior will you need to adopt or embrace right now? You know, as that leader, because you're listening to this show, I know that you're that leader and you're in development, in evolution, just as I am. Just as I am. There are no experts. We are only sharing and collaborating our wisdom and learning together, awakening together, dreaming together, and creating our future. We will not be shut down by fear, walls, uncertainty, risk, and the power structure. We will 
create our future together. We must. Dream of your children, your grandchildren, and their children. What's your legacy? In my book, Breakthrough to Yes, and on my website, davidbsavage.com, you've got my 10 essential steps to collaboration. So as you think about how you create your future, how you behave, how you design, then take a look and utilize my 10 essential steps to collaboration. Now, after the break here, we're going to have Jim Gibson join us, and we're going to have a brilliant discussion about disruptive technology, the Rainforest Initiative, the tip of the spear, and much more. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. David B. Savage and his book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. According to Kirkus Reviews, Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, unlocking the possible within a culture of collaboration. While it addresses organizational collaboration, this book could be interpreted more broadly as a treatise on building a cooperative culture within families, groups, businesses, and government. David's Collaborative Leadership 360 Assessment is an evaluation resource that will get you moving forward. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com that's davidbsavage.com become a member of voiceamerica.com it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter search by show host guest or topic of interest or browse millions of hours of content across all of our voice america radio channels Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to David at davidbsavage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Welcome back, everyone. I am delighted, yeah, delighted to interview Jim Gibson. Our theme today is collaboration, disruptive technology, and entrepreneurship. And Jim is a world leader in exactly all of these things. Uh, I'm excited that we'll be doing some collaborative uh, explorations uh, in person next week in Calgary. Uh, for today, I want to share Jim Gibson, his wisdom and his challenges and insights and experience with you, uh, our listeners in what we believe is 32 countries. So, Jim, I want to give them a little bit of a sense of your background. So, give me a moment to introduce you a little more formally. Jim Gibson has extensive executive leadership experience in the entrepreneurial and innovation area through the four startups Jim has built. Those are Kudos, K-U-D-O-S, Inc., Chaordix, C-H-A-O-R-D-I-X, Inc., Purist Technologies, Inc., and Core Partners. Now Jim's firm is JAG YYC, that's J-A-G-Y-Y-C, and of course, uh, some of you will know that YYC is the designation for the Calgary Airport, so we, we use it a lot to designate Calgary, YYC. Jim works in Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, and in the Calgary Innovation Ecosystem. I love to hear that. What a combination of words, Calgary Innovation Ecosystem, including most recently leading the ongoing Rainforest Initiative. He's a member of the A100 and a lead member in the Calgary Innovation Coalition team. Jim, now this is really exciting. You can follow up and buy this book because Jim will soon be publishing his nonfiction book, Tip of the Spear. Welcome, Jim. So great to have you uh, with you and our audience. Thank you, David, very much. And, and it's a pleasure to be with a fellow Calgarian here on the World uh, Conversation. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a, just uh, for our world conversation and our world audience, as we know, sometimes things need to get shaken up and uncomfortable and really difficult pe- before people will be motivated to move to a better thing. And certainly in the city of Calgary and Alberta and in Canada, what had been our number one economic driver, that is the oil and gas business, uh, was really, really shaken. There are, there are by some estimates, um, 125,000 Albertans uh, that were put out of work in the last two and a half years. By some estimates, there are 30% of the big office towers in downtown Calgary, a city of 1.3 million, those 30% of those offices are empty. There's uh, a lot of shifting, and there's also people like Jim Gibson, Alice Reimer, David Mitchell, many others in Calgary and Alberta and British Columbia, Canada, and around the world that are saying, wonderful, let's change, let's, let's create our future. So, Jim, I, I so appreciate your leadership. I so appreciate the, the conversation that Alice Reimer, uh, our friend, 
I spoke to the Institute of Corporate Directors in Calgary about disruptive technologies. You know, one of the things I will say in in support of what Alice and others on that ICD panel talked about is if you're on a board of directors, don't spend all your time looking backwards. Don't spend all your time looking at quarterly reports and measurements and, and all of that stuff. Spend a lot of your time and put a lot of your resources towards creating the future. Look forward. Look forward. So, Jim, any comments uh, generally? And, and then I want to, I've got a series of questions that I'd like to ask you, but any further comment as a general introduction and start? I, I think, I think framing the conversation as you have uh, centered on the challenges that, that Calgary is facing as a city is actually the perfect place to jump off on our conversation and the questions that, that we'll have. I think in this challenge represents all of the things that we're going to talk about from disruption in the future to how we work together as individuals. And, and I think um, as a city goes through something like this, uh, a couple of things can happen. We can we can band together and, and decide that, that we're going to make things better by understanding what's coming, or we can you know retreat to some of the old ways. And and I think I'm very encouraged by what I see around me and the people that I work with. So um, I think that you set the context perfectly because these challenges are are both personal and individual, but they're also organizational policy frameworks, governments, and all the people that need to be involved. So happy to use that as a backdrop for the kind of more positive and future-looking work that we're going to talk about today. So thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a third-generation Calgarian, and for the last <laughs> 13 years, I've been a, a, a proud resident in the Kootenai Rockies of British Columbia in the city of Cranbrook. So <clears throat> the framing also applies, you know, the City of Cranbrook uh, for the last 15 years has been 20,000 and growing for 15 years, and and um, our friends in in Toulouse, France, they have challenges. They you know they are so dependent on Airbus. Uh, wherever we go, there are economic challenges and opportunities, and wherever we go, you know some of the some of the places you know we've talked a little bit in the intro about the largest taxi company in the world having no cars. So it's, it's beyond Calgary, it's beyond Canada, uh, but it's shared a shared challenge of shifting. So talking about shifting, Jim, you're one of the experts. You're the one of the ones that's been doing this for so long. What are some of the, some of the new thinking in collaborative technologies for enterprise? It, 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 collaboration is something I've studied both both as a, a bit of a, 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 a social science geek, but also a software engineer and an entrepreneur building companies. And, and I'll date myself a little bit when I say that, that I, I watched the first collaborative systems emerge as, as what we now call email back in the late 80s and early 90s and, and some of the work I was doing in a multinational here in Canada. And so one of the things that I've observed is this notion that collaboration, um, as it was embodied by email, was really the idea of, of moving context, the, 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 the documents and the things that we care about, to people. So context 
moving in an email to another person or a group of people. And that was really what I call paving the cow path. That was just speeding up the ability of us to send a, a letter faster was really just packaging context and moving along. As I've observed and participated in built organizations in collaboration, we flipped that a bit on its head and said, instead of moving context to people, we're bringing people to context. What that means is, is that the teams that we work with on a, both a real and virtual way start now coming to places where we share that context. And that has profound implications. And in fact, email starts to get in the way when you move people to context. And so the new systems that I see emerging over the last four or five years and you know, up to a decade in the technology that I was building was really about flipping that on its, on its head. So some of the popular tools today of Slack and Jive and Yammer, some of those collaboration tools are really flipping this on its head to say um, the ability of a team to always know what the latest thinking is about a particular issue or or, or something is, is, is critical. Whereas if I move things along in an email, I tend to lose the thread. I lose what, it, what was I thinking now? And so that's a very positive change and it will see the, the natural and inevitable decline and, and elimination of email over time. And I think that's a really, really good thing. So that's the first trend I see in enterprise collaboration. So uh, just sec- using, just using that, uh, Jim, you know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, emails as sequential. Uh, I'm thinking about cloud folders as collaborative. Is that some of uh, the what we've already experienced, and, and what else? So the, the the cloud is is the classic the classic uh, bring people to a place, bring people to context, so that I can no matter where I am on the planet, I can I can put a document up and and I can. I can, I can say, this is my context on this project, on this thinking, on this piece of music, this whatever it is, and here it is. And it becomes a single source of truth rather than the, the, the game we play when we send emails around where we lose the latest version, we lose the thread, were you on this, were you copied, and so on and so forth. So it flips it on the head. The other thing, David, is I'll, I'll express that I've seen the change of is is this notion of synchronous and asynchronous. And let me just maybe talk about that quickly. It's the idea that asynchronous allows us to, to move and, and collaborate over time. So as I share information in an email or something, I, can, I don't have to be in, in the same place as you or the same time as you. What I'm starting to see is the meshing of synchronous collaboration, i.e. what we're doing right now, Skype, um, some of the tools that you see, um, are really, really interesting. And we're meshing the ability to have same time conversations, you and me at the same time, just synchronous, with these powerful tools of asynchronous, moving context along. So um, really seeing the meshing of these two worlds uh, uh, happening, and it's, and it's pretty exciting. And then the last thing I'll, I'll just say, and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop, is, is what I'm, what I'm at the very edge of collaboration, I'm starting to see the creation of a virtual collaboration where I'm able to share context, but being able to create virtual spaces where I can bring in any object. And for example, I'm an engineer and I want to show you what's happening with this valve pipe. And I can actually look at it through virtual reality and be able to look at the, 
the, the various physical aspects in a room that is virtually collaborative across the world. We're seeing some, some amazing things happen in, in one of my partner companies up in Edmonton called Sirius Labs that is doing this virtual collaboration in the oil sands business for Halliburton and a number of other companies. Very amazing stuff happening. Yeah, real-time, inclusive, and it, it evolves as we proceed as opposed to a sequential chain. Um, increased complexity, but at the same time, increased inclusion. It allows us to increase the complexity, I guess, to, to use yeah. your words. And it really does. And so instead of a, um, an email message in text saying, how, is, you know, how, how are you doing or can you come to this meeting or, or what have you, I can start to look at the physical properties of an object 5,000 miles away that would weigh 5,000 pounds. But in virtual space, I can actually spin it and look at it and, and create a real knowledge transfer between people across distances and places and time. Some amazing things happening, but it all comes back to that principle of, of moving, you know, moving people to context and not context to people. And yeah. so anyway, that's without getting too deep on it, but that's, 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 that's how I see it. Yeah. Virtual reality is about to take off and, and this is not simply gaming. This is engineering. So, Jim, what are some of the key disruptive technologies and combinations emerging on the landscape? Um, I, I, this is this is a topic that I that both in my book and in my research and also my 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 speaking with 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 people I, I spend a lot of time on, um, and probably the best source and the best place to for any of our listeners to, to go to is is uh, our friend Peter Diamandis from the Singularity U- University down in, down, in, down in Silicon Valley. And Peter talks about really the eight technologies that are, that are emerging at the same time. <clears throat> but what Peter talks about, which is absolutely fascinating, is the idea that, that we have eight or nine technologies, uh, and, and I won't list them all, but, but everything from virtual reality and, and a number of things, um, that they're all tipping at the same time. And it's not just the individual technologies of drones and AI and all of those things tipping and moving exponentially. It's actually the combination. So when I look at, I look at some of the changes that are happening and, and my advice to my client is to not look at any one individual technology, but start to combine one, two, or three of these together and imagine new reality. So, the exponential changes in drone technology combined with AI with new synthetic materials that are being uh, made. I did exercises with the MBA class here in Calgary to imagine the scenario with three or more of these combinations. And they were able to, on the fly, to understand brand new businesses and brand new opportunities right on the fly. So super exciting stuff. But my message to, to people is think of the combinations, not any one. Yeah, I, I love that sense in that, uh, you know, we're not trying to pick the winning horse. We're, we're actually creating the culture of imagination. Very much. The culture of imagination creates the possibilities, and then we can read, react, innovate, and build our future businesses and not-for-profits. Correct. So, Jim, we're about to go to break. Uh, any quick comments, uh in the 30 seconds before we 
quick uh, go to break? I, I think just just quickly, I think that I encourage all of us to appreciate the speed and 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 the the depth and scope of the change that's coming. I, I, I can't underestimate it enough. And I encourage people to to spend time and understand and read about what's coming because the change is unlike anything we've ever seen. And I know you've heard that a lot, but it truly is happening. It's such an exciting opportunity. Now, there will be some of our listeners that will say, gee, I I just want to get off that bus. Um, (laughs) But but the bus is taking us anyway, so you might as well jump on. Well said, well said. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Jim Gibson. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. David B. Savage and his book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. According to Kirkus Reviews, Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration. While it addresses organizational collaboration, this book could be interpreted more broadly as a treatise on building a cooperative culture within families, groups, businesses, and government. David's Collaborative Leadership 360 Assessment is an evaluation resource that will get you moving forward. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to David at davidbsavage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. 
So what has Jim Gibson said today that's got you thinking about your opportunity and, and the bus that you want to jump on or drive even better? Jim, let's get back into it. How can leaders prepare their organizations for disruption and innovation? I, I, I'm asked that a fair bit, and, and I think I think it boils down to two things from my perspective, and I'm sure there's others, so I, I don't have a monopoly on this, but, but they go at two sides of the coin. To continue what I was saying before the break is, is I ask leaders and, and the clients and people I work with is to pay attention to the changes is to don't to don't don't download that knowledge about what's coming um, to others and, and be up to get yourself up to speed on the on the, the great thinking and research and the work that's being done um, from outside your industry because it's actually the combinations of technologies from outside your industries that will potentially be the most disruptive and so I encourage you to you know, not to, not not become a technical geek, but but to certainly do the reading in some of the, some of the the great publications, as I mentioned, Peter Diamandis and the Singularity U. If you spent an hour a week reading that 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 stuff, that would be great. So that's on the one side. Keep up to date and spend the time and energy learning outside your your ecosystem. The second is more personal. Is innovation from my 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 work and research here in the city of Calgary comes from a culture of trust. And, and what I mean by that is, is that innovation requires us to step outside of our comfort zones and to reach out to other parts of, 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 of our world. And that requires us to suspend traditional forms of you know, capitalism, which means I win, you lose. And, and, and I think we need to re- rethink that. And, and so I ask leaders to, to really examine the level of trust and the culture of trust within their organization to absorb new ideas and to, to understand that failure and the trust in failure is, is something to be, to be really understood. And so, you know, in summary, understand what's coming and spend the energy and time and, and conversely, look inside your organization as human beings around the culture of trust and the culture of fail. Yeah. Do you, uh, to go back and, and really underline what Jim's sharing with this, uh, command and control uh, has limitations, especially with rapid change. Collaborative leaders innovate. They play outside their ecosystem. You know, stop playing with the same toys in the same sandbox. You know, stop going to the petroleum club and sitting at the same table. Get to Olds, Alberta. Lots of great, exciting things happening there. <laughs> get, get to San Luis Obispo. Great, exciting stuff happening there. You know, go, go to Revelle, France. You know, this is a global opportunity. Do you want to be on the bus? Do you want to drive the bus? Or do you want to get run over by the bus? <laughs> the, I guess the, the other part of this is... It brings up to my mind uh, when I used to be a chief operating officer, director, or VP business development in various companies in my 41 years, we used to say, well, maybe we can protect 5% of our budget this year uh, to look at uh, the future and innovation and change. That doesn't work anymore. You know, you're, you're putting yourself in a, in a limited opportunity. And as Alice shared with the Institute of Corporate Directors, 
this work that Jim is consulting, leading, and writing about, and talking about, is the way it will be. And um, this needs to be your commitment from the board right to the person at the reception desk. Now, one of the really exciting things that uh, I heard about about six weeks ago and really looking forward to hearing more about is the Rainforest Initiative, Jim. Can you, what can you tell our listeners about that and with respect to uh, disruptive technology, startups, innovation, and, and opportunity? David, it's a it's a it's a really great story, um, and, it's, and it's a long one. And I'll I'll get to the, I'll get the to the shorter version. Is there's a book called The Rainforest: The Making of Silicon Valley, um, conducted and or, or uh, built and and authored by a gentleman called Victor Wang. Long story short is that Victor looked at ecosystems all over the world and basically tried to figure out from a macro and microeconomic viewpoint. Why do some succeed and why do some fail? Why do some areas of the world uh, move faster and move ahead? And he looked at the valley as a, as a start, but he looked all over the world. Long and short of it, he created a book called The Rainforest. And The Rainforest, to Victor, was really a six principles of, of what makes an ecosystem work. But at the center of it, and this is connecting our conversation across this, is at the center of ecosystem success and innovation success was the culture of trust and, 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 and leadership. That he looked at all the factors and features of the Valley, for example, and he recognized that when I go in, when, when people in the Valley go in to make a deal, they, 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 he learned that it wasn't about a win-lose proposition. It was actually the, the venture capitals list of, of the Valley, believe it or not, actually look for the fairest deal. They look, actually look for a deal that makes everybody win. And that was a shock to him. And he, when he put that together in, in the book, um, he, 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 it, was, it was a very, very powerful book. Our assistant deputy minister of uh, innovation read the book. And anybody who talked to him for the next six months said, you got to read this book. One of my colleagues, Brad Zumwalt, who is one of the most amazing individuals, successful entrepreneur and, and social philanthropist, read the book as well. And he bumped into me and said, Jim, let's do something about this. And he underwrote it with his financial backing. He says, Jim, I'll underwrite it if you organize it. And long and short of it is I found 60 of my closest friends and <laughs> um, in, in, in innovation leaders across Alberta. And in September of 2016, just six months ago, we brought 60 of them together to the amazing BAMP Center in Alberta uh, and brought the original authors um, uh, up, up and ha- walked us through a facilitated session on what does it take to build a rainforest and, and build a culture of innovation. And it just blew people's socks off. It was, it was, it was humble and, 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 and frank. And, and, all, and But the, at the end of the day, David, it was about individuals who didn't necessarily either know each other or, or even at, at worst trust each other. They learned that, that the number one thing in order to move initiatives, you can put all the capital and all the people and all the activities you want, but if you don't have a culture of trust, um, and so nothing will happen. So out of that session, we built uh, um, something called the social contract, which was 10 principles of how to behave in an innovation ecosystem. And we made it explicit. We actually made people sign it with pen and ink and uh, and then from there, uh, uh, fast forwarding, we just held our second cohort uh, two days ago in Banff with the Clean Energy Group, the post-secondary institutes across Alberta, the governments, entrepreneurs, 
we had another 60 cohorts with the same group and it was, it was extraordinary and it's exploding um, because what it's tapping into David is this notion that, that, that we, if we get, if we, if we understand our frames of reference and we begin with the culture of trust, the velocity of transactions goes through the roof and uh, we're seeing it every day now with the group that we have. So, so I try, that's a, it's a long story, powerful story, but I tried to summarize it as best I could. It's so exciting what's going on. Yeah, that, it is so exciting. You know, I hear some really exciting things, innovation and, and a culture of collaboration, you know, to pitch my focus again, Jim. But um, oftentimes uh, I've been part of forming organizations and we've all been part of forming organizations where people dream, but we don't actually do. Huh? Tell me a little bit about, uh, maybe it's with within your commitment to each other, or, or how do you hold each other to say, no, this, this is what we do now. It's not something on the edge of the desk. Yeah, and, 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 and I guess the, the doing part, David, is, is the individual organizations in, a, in an innovation ecosystem from private enterprises to government to post-secondary, are all basically doing good things. Um, what happens, though, in the white spaces around them is, is, that, is that we get barriers to, to moving things forward. We've had, I've had examples in, in, in meetings where people who have been a part of the Rainforest Initiative looked at each other in the eye and said, are, are we being, you know, one of the, one of the principles is, is pay it forward or, and trust. And so are we paying it forward and and thinking of the broader ecosystem as we make this decision. And I've seen two organizations that were you know, kind of at each other's throats for years <laughs> kind of go, yep, you know what, uh, let's, let's do it a different way. And, and, you know, there's competition within a rainforest, as you can imagine, trees and birds and everybody's competing. But at the end of the day, it's the overall process. So there's a lot of doing going on in, our, in, in the ecosystem. What we're trying to do is in the white space, just make sure that we uh, look at each other in the eye and say, let's get this thing done on the culture and spirit of trust. <laughs> Thank, and, thanks for uh, that uh, that image. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think uh, to our listeners, they see the, see the increasing complexity and the increasing trust levels to say, okay, are, are we together? You know, where, where, where are we connecting? Where's that white space? Now, now, before we run out of time, one of the most important things I want to hear about and share is have you tell our listeners about your upcoming book, Tip of the Spear, Jim? Holy. I mean, it's my first and probably my last. Uh, no, it's, it's, been a, it's been a life's work. Um, the Tip of the Spear is, is really actually this conversation that we're having. And the Tip of the Spear is, is, is a discussion about really three principles, is that and then my observation of 30 years in the business. And, and number one is that the exponential curve is increasing at an increasing rate. So I've already spoken to that already. So that's kind of rule number one. But the second rule that I've observed and I'm talking about is, is the book talks about that the genie of technology never goes back in the bottle. So you have an exponentially set of technologies changing, but the, the technologies that we invent don't magically go back in if we don't think that they're good. So that gene splicing technology that allows us to build new net new organs um, is all fine and good under, under certain circumstances. But you can imagine that genie out in the wild in, in the hands of somebody who has other purposes for it. So all of the technologies exponentially changing are out in the wild. And then the third 
thing that I talk about is those things are layered against exponential change is layered against linear or linear institutions. And so at the end of the day, all of this change is happening, but our institutions of governance and education are very linear. So we have this tip of the spear, fast moving technology, exciting stuff, but that tip is getting too far away from the tail. And what happens is we have inequality. We have distribution of income from this positive results from technology innovation is not being spread across the planet. And so I look at that as untenable and unsustainable. And so that's the first part of the book raises that flag. And the second part says, what, what can be done about it? And what I do is I talk about the solution through the eyes of two 12-year-olds, a 12-year-old here in North America and a 12-year-old girl in Malawi. And I understand and I walk them through the next 15 years of, of our world through the eyes of a developing nation and the eyes of a developed nation. And I think, where are the answers going to come from to solve that problem? So um, to, um, I, I, I have to get my 60-second uh, pitch a little tighter on the book, but that's what the book's about. And it's about understanding how we, how we come up with solutions to solve the tip of the sphere problem. Yeah, so... <laughs> Everyone, you can tell that we really need to spend a day, a week, a, a lifetime, a collaboration with people like Jim Gibson. Before we close today, Jim, just one takeaway, one thing that you invite our listeners to be aware of, change, or do. Um, I thought about this a lot, uh, and I think if I had to boil it down is is look to look to somebody closest to you. Um, and I'm, and so I'm, I'm thinking globally, but I'm, I want to, my advice is very personal. So if you're a parent, look to your child, if you're a child or, you know, you're, you're, you're a millennial, look to your parents, look to one person very close to and, and have the conversation about what the future of technology should be. What, what world do we want to create and, and have the conversation with full knowledge that, that the world's not going to look the same in, in 10 years. It really isn't. But have a very frank and open conversation about the things you can do as a parent, as a voter, in terms of voting our next you know, cohort of politicians. But have that conversation with somebody you love or somebody you care about and say, what is it that we can do to recognize what's coming and not go into the future naively and with either mass optimism or mass pessimism. I see both and, and have that conversation, make it personal, make it real, um, understand what your kids are going to walk into. If you're a parent, um, recognize that their school systems that they're teaching, being taught are, are, are struggling to, to figure Wonderful. it out. So everyone, that's our call to action is have that conversation with somebody in your first degree of separation to envision and be part of and collaborate to creating our future disrupt and build your opportunities. Um, there is so much more to say, Jim. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners. I, I want to make a quick invitation. On my April April 30th, or pardon me, April 20th show, I'm going to invite members of the listening audience, members of Startup uh, Calgary, anyone throughout the world who has a pitch that answers Jim's invitation, my invitation, 
email me, david at David B. Savage. Make your pitch on how you want to build on this conversation and how you can seek our support. And I'm going to select four people to be on that April 20th show. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jim Gibson. Now let's work together better. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.